Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. And folks, I'm a pretty honest guy. I like to, to shoot straight with you. And I'm going to shoot straight with you right now. UFC Vegas 69 was not a great card. There's not a ton of interesting storylines in the aftermath or from a matchmaking perspective. Now, there were some great moments. The main event delivered some big finishes for some of the young up-and-comers in our sport. A couple of fun slugfests. But all in all, this is not a spectacular card. But we're still here, and we're going to talk about it. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always... For good or for bad, my best friend, Alexander Kaylee. Hello, AK. Hello, my best friend. Uh, I'm the Prince of Positivity. Uh, there was some positives last night, for sure. Main event delivered, I think, regardless of what you were looking for, unless you're a hardcore, you know, Jessica Andrade stan. Uh, I thought the main event delivered. I My, my pre-card rating was, you know, degree of difficulty was an 8.0, which someone, some people on our staff has understood as saying, like, the quality of the lineup was an 8. No, like 8, 8.0 is actually a super low rating for a card in, in the largest, you know, combat sports organization in the world. Uh, it's it's not a good rating. It's I, I don't know if, if uh, they thought like I was overrating it. It's a bad rating. That means everything has to go perfectly for the card to be an 8. That's it. That's an insult. That is not a compliment to the lineup. And as we saw, despite a promising start, everything did not go perfectly. So it did not come anywhere near an 8. This would be like, again... For people who understand the gymnastics scale, this is a pretty low, like this is a pretty low difficulty maneuver, you know, which is to say a, a lackluster card on paper. And this would be like, like if the if the gymnast in question attempted the maneuver and started off really well, and then on, just as it went on, just completely started falling on their ass like two two times, three times in a row, and and the the, the score, the potential score is eight, and they probably ended up getting like a 5.2 or something or even less you know so that's what this card was is if everything had gone perfectly let's say we got a great main event which i think we did 
a solid prelims, which we did, and then where it really fell on its ass is the rest of the main card. Oh, well, I should say, except for the main card opener. But several of the main card fights, completely aberrant, just terrible to watch, uh, completely un- uninteresting. So that's how the rating scale works, is is it did not come near its potential. Because if you're a UFC event, I'm starting you off at least close to an 8. So I was probably maybe still a little too generous with the degree of difficulty, but I stand by it. If Zach Praga had got a first-round knockout, if if uh, if William Knight or Martin Pracknow had got a first-round knockout, we would we look at the main card very differently. Like We wouldn't be like, oh, this is the best card of the year, but we'd say, oh, at least we had a good time. Uh, as it stands, Mike... I don't think a lot of people are leaving Saturday night thinking I had a great time watching UFC Vegas 69. Yes, that was just not, it was tough. I mean, especially after covering <laughs> knuckle mania the day before, like this was, I mean, this was pretty bad. This is, this is a pretty tough watch. And even like, even the exciting moments before the main event and the, I, I thought the Hernandez Miller fight was really good. And I thought the elder fight was really good. Uh, but other than that, it was either, just an awful fight or like it was just one way traffic and the betting odds were actually where they were supposed to be when I thought maybe they weren't. It just wasn't great. And we'll see if UFC Vegas 70 can take us on a more positive road to UFC 285 because this one, I mean, I couldn't wait to get off the train. Just get me to the next stop so I could hop right off. But, (laughs) uh, but Aaron Blanchfield, what a performance for her. Uh, a very competitive first round on the feet. I don't think a lot of people saw Blanchfield being sort of the hammer because that's what she did. She got right in Jessica Andrade's face and just threw a bunch of punches at her. And I did think Jessica Andrade squeaked it out to win the first round, but it was very, very close. But if I were going to make a live wager after the first round, I don't care where the betting odds were, I would have put it on Aaron Blanchfield because I felt... After that first round, the way that Jessica Andrade's body language looked in the corner after round one, heading into round two, I felt Aaron Blanchfield was one takedown away from this fight being over, and that's exactly what happened. Breakthrough outing for Blanchfield. There's no more doubting her at this point. Your reaction to this performance, AK, and will she get what she wants next, a shot at the flyweight title? You're not alone in your scoring that first round for Andrade. I just did a quick check right now, Mike, as, as you were speaking. Uh, judge Mike Bell, who I consider to be one of the better judges in MMA, actually, also had a 10-9 Andrade. Uh, which is not to say the other two judges, uh, the often criticized Sal Diamato, and the also occasionally criticized Junichiro Camillo, had it for Blanchfield. But I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy. Because no, I also had all. it for Blanchfield. But uh, you're in good company. Mike, you're in good company with Mike, uh, Mike Bell. So... Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great first round, but it was regardless of who you scored it for, it was to me surprising to see Aaron Blanchfield come out and just throw hands. And maybe that was part of their strategy. Maybe you know the best defense is a good offense. Maybe they thought this is not what uh, Jessica Andrade and her team are expecting. They've stepped in on short notice. They haven't had maybe haven't had quite enough time to properly prepare. Even if you study footage, you know it still takes time, real time to prepare for um, an opponent like uh, like like Aaron Blanchfield. And Aaron Blanchfield, we know she, yes, she's an elite grappler, but she has wanted to strike in her previous fights. Sometimes it's gone better uh, than 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 it has. Sometimes it's gone poorly. Um, we've seen good moments and bad moments, which is what you would expect from a fighter in her early twenties. She got an awesome head kick knockout of Victoria Leonardo back in Invicta, uh, which 
is, you know, doesn't tell you a lot. I mean, Victoria Leonardo, super tough fighter, but she's almost like the Jordan Wright of the women's flyweight division. And we'll talk more about that young man uh, shortly in that uh, she tends to be on the opposite end of highlights. And so, so that didn't inform us a lot about Aaron Blanchfield other than telling us like, yeah, she's got power. She's a really good athlete. Um, this is something Jed and I harp on all the time that like athleticism takes you a long way. And we saw a lot of that on Saturday as well. And she knows it. She really knows how to use her physical tools. She was a much bigger fighter. This is something I addressed on the preview show. I said, when people, if they're not aware, when people see them step into the cage, you're really going to see how much bigger Aaron Blanchfield is. And she is, I think, I think this was a bit of a reality. I thought it was gonna be a reality check for Aaron Blanchfield. This was probably a bit of a reality check for Jessica Andrade that maybe 115 is, is where she belongs, which she said she wants to stay there anyway. So that's a whole other thing. But yeah, Aaron Blanchfield coming out with the striking was awesome. Like just really like standing in the pocket, not afraid to get hit, which is insane because you're fighting Jessica Andrade. What are you doing? One shot could have put you in and you scored it for Andrade because she did land a couple of super hard shots that was I was like, whoa, I was like, Aaron Blanchfield, get out of there. Like, I know you're young. You got a young woman's chin. You're tough. But holy crap, like. <laughs> She ate a couple of shots that, I'm telling you, 10 years from now, she won't be able to take. It's because she's young. She's a great athlete. 10 years from now, some of those shots, like, you take those square on the chin, you're going down. But right now, she's super tough. So, um, And the grappling, I mean, I don't even need to talk about it. The grappling is elite. And once she put it to work, the fight was over. Mike, there's nothing left to do for her, man. I mean, I'd be fine with her fighting one time, two more times for getting a teleshot. I'm fine with it. But at this point... I say just throw her in there. You throw her in the Sharks with Valentina Shevchenko, who I am predicting to beat Alexa Grasso. This is, so this is not Aaron Blanchfield versus whoever wins UFC 285 March 4th. I am saying Valentina Shevchenko will beat Alexa Grasso. I know, bold prediction. And that she will, she will still be the champion when Blanchfield gets her title shot, which should be next. Blanchfield wants it. Let's make it happen. Do I think she can beat Valentina Shevchenko? I do not think so at all. But I also didn't think she'd be Jessica Andrade. And I thought Molly McCann would be a tough test for her. She annihilated Molly McCann. She just annihilated Jessica Andrade. She's going to give Valentina Shevchenko a fight. Friends forever. I didn't think this would warrant it, but the way you explain it is exactly how I explain it. Because mm-hmm. I, I, it is the belt. There's nothing else that makes sense. I have no interest in any other fight right now for Aaron Blanchfield. Or Valentina Shevchenko, if we're being honest, than this one. And I do think Shevchenko will win at UFC 285. And this summer, maybe early fall, she will fight Aaron Blanchfield. And I'm here for it. And AK, I'm, I'm, this might be a hot take. So get ready. Get your air conditioner out. Right now, this fight is more intriguing, intriguing to me than Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes. Like, I will pump yes. the brakes on that idea so quickly. Like, if if it meant we would get... Two Aaron Blanchfield versus Valentina Shevchenko fights before we get one more Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes fight. I'm in. Sign me the hell up for that. So, sorry. I mean, the last two years on the On to the Next One prediction show, we've been talking about Valentina moving up and challenging for the Bantamweight title and fighting Amanda Nunes one last time. I don't care if I ever see it again anymore because I just want to see... Aaron Blanchfield fight Valentina Shevchenko for this title. I am intrigued by this matchup. I would probably not favor Aaron to win this fight, but stylistically, this is about as interesting as it gets for Valentina Shevchenko, especially when you compare it to the title defenses she's had for the last three or four years. I'm all, I mean, I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. And there's a part of me, and and I don't want people to take this the wrong way. Alex Grasso, you've earned your shot. I almost want them to just cancel this fight 
And oh, just, Mike. And just, I, no. I just don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it at all because I, I think I think Alex is really good. Uh, and who knows? Stranger things have happened in this crazy sport of ours. But um, all right, I take that back. But Shevchenko beats Grasso. <laughs> And then we get Shevchenko versus Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, easy pick. There you go. I I love Mike what you just said about comparing it to how much you how much you would want to see that third Shevchenko Nunes fight. Because I'm I'm on that. I'm on that. I, I, if that fight was made, if that trilogy was made, of course, why wouldn't complain? We've mentioned it as a possibility on this show many times, probably more than once after Nunes win, after Shevchenko win, and and I think our my phrasing anyway is usually like, it's time. It's time to throw these two back together because they don't, you know, they don't have challengers. And, and, and this isn't the case with Shevchenko now. So so that trilogy, in my mind, was always secondary to, what secondary, secondary, was always secondary to proper title defenses for Valentina. For Amanda Nunes, it's a bit tougher. I think we'd all rather see her fight Valentina than almost anyone that's left at bantamweight. Um, but for Valentina, she has options. She has she has no reason to 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 take that fight. She wants it. I know she wants to beat Amanda Nunes uh, finally, or at least conclusively do it, because some people thought she won the second fight. <clears throat> Excuse me. But th- that to me is not high priority, and people just keep forgetting that second fight was so bad. People always wonder why don't they make that fight again? That fight left such a bad taste in people's mouths when it happened. I don't know if people remember the reactions from social media, from other fighters, from uh, Dana White. That fight was so bad. It was a horrible, horrible fight. It was like a notch above Esparza Namajunas. And if people think I'm crazy, go back to Fight Pass and watch that fight. It is it is not a fun fight to watch. You can call it a technical chess match, whatever you want. It's really bad. And I'm Mr. You know, uh, rematches and trilogy bouts rarely all play out the same. And that's fine. I expect a third fight between them to be better. But I'm still don't. I think just stylistically, it's just really tough for them to get going against one another. And I think you would see that again in a third fight. So for sure, give me a proper Valentina flyweight uh, title shot, Mike. If if Grasso, God forbid, were to you know something would happen, she couldn't make 285. If you're Blanchfield's team and she's healthy, do you just say, yeah, we're going in, we're taking that short notice fight, let's just do it? Mm, no, too much, right? It's we're we're we're. Ray is a record. We're 13 days away from that card. I don't even know if Aaron would be cleared to fight in 13 days because it's in the same state. It's not like they're going somewhere else. So uh, they would just pull that fight and probably put it on the May card or something like that, which I think is okay. You push it back a couple of months or or you I mean, maybe throw it on the April card. Who knows? Um just add a second title fight to it. All right, so we're pumping the brakes a little bit. We're we, we, we're, uh, no. we're, we're we're pretty high on Aaron Blanchfield after that performance, uh, but you're right. I think maybe let's still stay in the realm of uh, of realism. But boy, that was spectacular. Look, if there was no medical suspension and she's like a hundred percent fine after that fight, and that came t- to fruition, cool. But she got punched in the face a lot by Jessica Andrade, someone who hits very hard, uh, and she worked pretty hard in that fight, and she had a long camp. And I don't even know if Aaron would take that fight on 13 days notice. I think, she, you know, 23 years of age, it'd be very high reward without a ton. I mean, there's risk, but the reward would be much higher than the risk because she'd be doing the UFC a solid. And if she loses, not the end of the world. Like, she's a gangster for going in there and fighting Valentina on 13 days notice. Uh, but I would rather... I don't even want to see it. Like, I wouldn't even want to... I, I, not that I wouldn't want to see it, but... I, I want to see them both full camp, hundred percent. Like that's what the fight I want to see. Yeah, so. proper build up, right? Give it, give it its proper build. Yeah, she doesn't turn twenty four until May. 
So crazy. That's that's crazy, man. That's so crazy. I'm like 17 years older than her. 16 <laughs> years older than her. And she's about to fight for a world title. It's insane. Um, look, AK, I'm happy to be lazy with this next pick. Because you talked about stylistic gold and chess matchery. And Zach Pauga defeated Jordan Wright in just the chessiest chess match you'll ever you'll ever will see. Went to a decision, nobody saw it coming, and I'm just gonna chuck him right in there with Marcin Praccio, who kicked William Knight a lot and took like eight strikes back in return. So let's just throw those two guys in there. What do you think? And and do you want to add anything to what I just said? You could even just match make for for Prochino now if you aren't following my lead. Whatever you want to say about these two fights in particular, I I think we could knock them both off the board. So many things to say. I don't know who I'm more disappointed in, uh, Palga or Marcin Prochino, because both these guys should, should have finished their opponents. Zach Praga. I know I'm pronouncing this wrong. I apologize, Zach. I, I believe it's it, they were going by the broadcast. It's 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 uh, Panga, right? There's a, it's like a, there's like an N, N sound in there, right? I think so. It's like a Thai uh, Thai 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 Vangaloa thing. Yeah, I, I I'll be honest. The Royal Rumble was on, so I kind of had the volume <laughs> of the Royal Rumble on a little higher. No disrespect to the broadcasters, um, right? But I I was watching more of the UFC, but I wanted to know what was happening with the rum, well, not the Rumble Elimination Chamber. So I had more audio on for the Elimination Chamber. So I don't know. I apologize for the mispronunciation of this man's name and Ty's name and uh, other names of that style. I, I will uh, I will try to learn more about that. But we'll, I'll say Zach for now. Zach was being set up to get a highlight reel finish. That is the only reason this card is the, was the penultimate fight. I'm not using the CM word. This is a penultimate fight. Don't tell me that this was a co-headliner or anything like that. Uh, the only reason he was, he was given the second to last spot, him and Jordan, is because Jordan Wright as I sort of mentioned, alluded to before, is really good at getting finished. He also finishes people occasionally, um, but his fights, this was the first, uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, he had lost a decision before. Uh, oh, no, no, this is it. This is the first time, this is the first time ever Jordan Wright has ever gone in the scorecards. This guy is going in there to produce a highlight either way, either to be the one giving it or it, as as has been his recent luck on the receiving end. Zach Palga is a very, has Good striking. Um, now he listen. He did what he had to do. Zach, you got the win. I I, I can't criticize that. It's your it was your second chance at the UFC after again uh, sort of a disappointing outing in the Ultimate Fighter finale where he was favored to win. He got starched by Mo Usman. No shame in that. Mo Usman hits really hard, but Panga is the better fighter. He he's he can finish fights. He he has power in his hands but he he was he went with the uh the smart strategy which was uh, he something he knew jordan wright couldn't counter uh really good grappling against the fence doing damage to throwing elbows you know i kind of said it was i i was amongst internally i was like he was kind of wall installing he wasn't stalling he, he had him against he had jordan Wright against the wall throwing strikes throwing strikes to the body sneaking in elbows not the sexiest way to win a fight but he won so zach congratulations on that but he should have gotten a finish and we know march of practice should have gotten a finish because William Knight is certainly a bit sturdier, but he also did literally nothing. And if you're Marcia Pracknell, for sure, you don't want to get caught out of nowhere. Um, I understand that's probably his mentality is I have this guy on the ropes, but oh, what if I rush in and get caught by by a power shot from William Knight? And again, and also, like Zach, Martin was winning. He's clearly winning all three rounds. So he's like, what is the benefit to me for rushing in and getting caught and 
possibly losing an extra one, losing a, another check, losing my job. Who knows? Maybe I get released after this. I don't know. I really released off a loss. So both Zach and Martian Pracnion, they fought to, to, they did the smart thing. But Mike, that's not the fun thing. That's not the fun thing for us. I think you got to show a little more. Um, Zach is fine. I mean, look, again, this is a second UFC fight. I'm sure they still want to see what they have with him. Um, Martin and William Knight. Mike, is there any chance that they both just get released? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Do you still want to match make for Martin Frackney? <laughs> I, I don't think they... W- I don't think they will release release Pacino. <laughs> Um But if you're asking if there's a chance that both guys get released, yes, there's a chance both guys get released. He is- or, do, let, let me ask you this. Is there a better chance... <sighs> That both guys get released, or that none of them get released? Oh, easily. But William Dude, Knight. but William... Will, listen, Dana White is kind of Vince mcmahon in a lot of ways, where mm-hmm. if Dana White sees a big, jacked-up dude with some personality, he likes to keep them around and put them in spots. Like, I know William Knight's lost three in a row, but I, let me just say this, too. I have a lot of respect for William Knight. He's got a pretty crazy story. The dude's been through a lot. And he is a human being, so maybe something was going on. But this dude went right to Instagram like two hours after his fight and took it all in the chin. Said it was my responsibility. This is my fault. I effed up. I froze out there. This is all on me. If you have positive things to say about me, great. If you have negative things to say about me, I get it. If I cost you money in betting, I get it. Some people are threatening my life. Cool, I understand it. This is basically what professional sports are. Like, you took it on the chin. I give. I have a lot of respect for that man to even say anything. Most people would just stay off of social media for, like, the next month and just let a few cards go by and then hop back in and show videos of yourself benching 500 pounds because Lord knows I would be showing those videos of myself benching yeah. 500 pounds. Yeah. But back, back on my grind would be the caption. Back on my grind. You know, yes, no other. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's a weird situation. So I'll still match these two 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 guys up. Um, Marcin would probably be in a must-win situation. I would say his leash is very short after this performance. It's a win. It's a dominant win. And kudos to Jed Mishu for his 30-24 scorecard on MMA decisions because that is the correct scorecard. Yeah. This is why the 10-point must system is so stupid in MMA because you're going to give William Knight the exact same like nine points for that as, round as, as Jim Miller. Anybody else? As Jim, Jim Miller. Miller. <laughs> those, 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 those nines that even though, you know, Jim Miller lost those fight, but th- those, those nines that Jim Miller got. Yes. The same score as William Knight in his three rounds with March and Prakneo. So stupid. They're both nine. So dumb. This is what a nine looks like. This is what a nine looks like. Apparently, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> right. How crazy is that? It's so stupid. It makes no sense. They showed William Knight landed zero head strikes. Which is almost impossible in the MMA. Like, <laughs> it, 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 like you would, you would flailing around, defending yourself. You would accidentally smack your opponent in the face, and that'd be there. You go one significant head strike. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, it's a good point you made, like about about William Knight. Because listen, we were all having fun on social media. The UFC account blasted William Knight. They posted a SpongeBob gif making fun of William Knight. The official account. You almost never see them do that. And it was funny. Listen, we all we all had a like we all had a laugh. We were all tweeting. People can go look at my uh, Twitter line. I was I was making cracks about William Knight. But in the end, and I tweeted this, and it, it probably sounded sarcastic, but it, it was sincere. I said I said in all, like in all seriousness, I, I hope William Knight is okay because 
it's not like this fight was super uncharacteristic. I saw that too. People going like, "Oh, what's, why isn't he doing anything?" And it's like this is kind of how William Knight fights. Like I, the the men, if people just go back like a couple of fights ago, the William Knight Alonzo Menafield fight, just atrocious, and not just his fault. Both guys were terrible. Um, he, he 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 does kind of wait, and he is kind of looking for that one big shot, and that's sort of how the commentary was trying to salvage the fight through the first half, and then eventually they realized something's up he's just not going to throw anything and yeah look listen i I don't want to make excuses for the man i don't want to assume anything i don't want to assume anything you know bad happened in his personal life or in training or he was injured um but i do i do feel like something was wrong uh something was wrong with him he just seemed off so so let's make fun but let's also you know not kick the man down and was probably the worst fight of his career um especially at this stage so i I do think he should be released and and i don't mean again i'm not piling dirt on him I'm saying maybe he's not at the stage in his life right now where he's ready to be a, a fighter at this level. So, William Knight, you know, if you're out there and by some chance you hear this, again, all the respect in the world for you for getting to the UFC, going through that contender series grind, developmental contract, fighting your way up. Um, but, you know, yeah, listen, if if this if we don't see him in the UFC in the near future or, or, or even MMA, if he's done with MMA, that's fine. There's no shame in that. The man has fought. The man has, has done his work. And, uh, and, I, and I hope... Um, I hope whatever he does next, he's okay. Because, um, yeah, I, I, it, it was funny, but it, it did become concerning after a while. So uh, just throw out a couple of matchups, Mike. Yeah, for, for Arponga, um, Tefan and Chukwe, I guess. And for Martin Prakniao. I don't know if you'll like this. I, I thought, like, Modestus? Modestus Bukaskas? Sure. Sure? Sure. Because Modestus it. will... Yeah, that, I'm looking at the stats right now. Um, William Knight <laughs> landed eight total strikes in the entire fight. Yeah, I I had to relook it up. The zero head strike thing. I'm like, no, that can't be true. It is true. Zero head strikes. Uh, but Marty Praccio landed nine. He landed nine head strikes with Incredible. a target that stood right in front of him. The Incredible stuff. That's just awful. Just awful. And we hope the best for both guys. But three geez. out of four. Praccio won three out of four. Stats don't lie. <laughs> three and one. <laughs> Give him a title shot. And he might be ranked. He might be ranked. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not kidding. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, Jamal Pogues got oh, his first yeah. UFC win, AK. Jamal, Jamal Pogues. Uh, he defeated Josh Parisian. Mm-hmm. Not a fight we're going to go back and rewatch ever again. Mm-hmm. But the fight happened, and two guys entered, both guys left, and Pogues did more, I guess. So, uh, what's next for Jamal Pogues after this debut victory? Uh, first of all, good for Jamal of getting his first UFC win in his his debut. He's a two time contender. Yeah, okay. Yep. Anytime anyone who goes to the, the contender series twice, I'm always. I mean, how can you not be happy when they when they finally get a get a point in the UFC board there? So good for him. Good for Jamal Pokes. Um, he's almost somewhat lucky that I think the two fights around him were, I would say, even more deplorable because I don't think like I don't think Pogues Parisian was 
atrocious. It was like you said, not memorable. But I think it would. I think it would stand out more if it was like the only bad fight in the card. I think having Punga right after it and Prakniao and Knight before it will make people just sort of forget um, this fight, but in a good way. I, I almost forgot we were going to talk about it because we had sort of just you know put the second and, and fourth fight together. I was like, oh right, Jamal Pogues, we have to talk about his fight. So congrats to him uh, again. I, I'm going sort of the same dartboard uh matchmaking i did with the other two gentlemen just because they're nowhere near a ranking it's almost impossible to like say what'll be next it could be anyone uh so i'm going with alir latifi sort of where i landed here it could be an interesting fight style matchup uh alir i haven't seen him in a while so yeah jamal pogues go get him good for jamal i you know having his parents there his mom there especially i thought that was that was a pretty cool moment um obviously she's going through chemo right now and it's probably weighing on his mind so yeah we kind of joke about the fight not being good and boy it wasn't but still a big moment for that young man and and congratulations to him and now he's gonna have to fight the recent tough heavyweight champion Muhammad Usman because I, I just think that makes sense Usman needs a fight to come back to I think stylistically it's a fight that Usman can look very good in so yeah we'll go with that one why not He's got to fight somebody, and Jamal Pogue's coming off of a win and two contender series victories. Sure, let's do that, AK. What do you think? I got no issue with that. This I was just thinking about Mo Usman, not because uh, I was thinking, how did Zach Punga get in there back in there before him? Um, and again, get a, ch- a cherry penultimate belt spot while we're still waiting for uh, for Mo Usman to take his second fight. But yeah, I, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. Sure, uh, Pogue's Usman, let's go. I'm into it. A nice win for Alexander Hernandez. Yeah. He's off the schneid after defeating Jim Miller. I have lots of thoughts about this fight, mostly because people just hate Alexander Hernandez, and they're just never going to score a fight for him. And people love Jim Miller. And and if you love one guy and you really don't like the other, I don't care what happens. They're going to call it a rot. Like, people are literally calling this fight a robbery. I saw it on social media. Definitely the first round. People were going like, oh, I can't believe the first round was clear for Jim Miller. And I'm like, I mean, it's you could give the round to Jim Miller, but to say it was like a clear. It wasn't clear. A lot of, I I don't want to say a lot, but there's a vocal group of fans who, who I guess don't believe a fight, a round can be close. It's like there's just no such thing as a close round. It's like I firmly believe someone won, and because of that, this this round, if anyone scores the other way, they're crazy. Um, that first round was uh, Jim Miller. I would say dominated the first half, and Alexander Hernandez picked it up in the second half and landed some really big shots. So, uh, yeah, whether you sc- I think scoring it for Miller is fine, but scoring it for Hernandez is also fine. Those thirty twenty seven scorecards for Hernandez were more than fine, in my opinion. Yeah, I I even went on our Slack channel. After seeing Twitter give the response to that first round, mm-hmm. like, am I am I crazy for thinking Hernandez won that first round? Because to me, it seemed pretty not clear, but all things even, Hernandez was landing the bigger shots. You could definitely see Jim Miller was getting affected by them. It seemed not clear, but I, I was pretty confident that Hernandez won that first round. And two of the judges agreed because they gave 30-27. The third round was interesting because Miller had one moment where he caught Hernandez doing the Hernandez and almost just handing him the fight. Uh, but Hernandez was able to get out of it, composed himself back up, finished the round strong, got on top, landed some big shots. 
30-27 is not a bad scorecard. Not it at all. It just isn't. Yeah, but it I does, score, yeah, it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't reflect how close the fight was. That's uh, sure. uh, Dam- Damon mentioned this. So he's like, that's one thing he hates about the must system is like you look at 30-27 and then people who didn't watch the fight will just go back and be like, oh, well, Alexander Hernandez handled Jim Miller. And anyone who watched it knows that's not true. But again, that's that's why it's 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 and that's the scoring system sucks. Yes, but. Um, that's not on the judges in that case, and that's not on the scoring system. It, people need to if you listen. If you missed a fight, then you know, then don't rely on the scores to tell you how you know how it turned out. Go back and watch it. Go back. We have so many ways to go back and watch fights now. So, um, I, I don't blame the scoring system or the judges on this one. People should not be outraged. If you watched it, you, then you know it was close. Who cares what the scores were? You know it was a close fight. You don't. You don't need the scores to tell you. Oh well, this is a travesty that because people you know it didn't. It should be twenty nine, twenty eight Miller at worst. It's like. It doesn't matter, man. That's just a number. You got to watch the fight to know. And and if you watched it, then you should be fine with the scoring. If you didn't, then you shouldn't comment. That's it. And in the grand scheme of this card, this was the first or second best fight of the entire card. So did they get did they get robbed of fight of the night? Do you think? I'm happy no, I, for who the winners, uh, Nazim Sadikov and Evan Elder. But all things in the story, no, I don't think they got robbed. It was a great fight. Don't get me wrong, it was a great fight, but. Evan Elder, you know, was up two rounds. I had him up two rounds in, in this fight. His opponent basically going to the post-fight press conference and admitting that he headbutted him to mm. open up that cut. Mm. So, which, if that's the case, because even watching the replay, I thought that might have been the case. Mm-hmm. It was like, there got real tight. I wonder if it was his head that cut open his eye. And if that was what was found, that's a tech decision, and Evan Elder wins that fight. So... Evan Elder comes out with the, with a few extra bucks. The fight was cool. Give those two young men the bonus. I got no yeah. issue with it. Um, but Hernandez says he wants to go back to 145 after no. all of this. Why? Which, yeah, I was... <laughs> I think that's Stop. what he's going to... Dude, I know, I know this man. I've talked to him a million times. <laughs> he is just stubborn enough, like me, to just be like, well, no one thinks you should go to 145. I'll go to Bantamweight then. See how you like the taste of that. But no. I really think he's going to go to 145 again. Uh, so my pick, AK, is Darren Elkins. I, I'm just going, putting myself in the matchmaker shoes. This is not a fight that I would personally put together. This is what I think. This is a, this is an educated guess. I think this is the kind of fight they're going to put together. But I would like to see Hernandez just stay at 155 and stay active and just get cool fights like the Jim Miller fight, like good stylistic matchups for him that are just fun. And I just want to see him continue to mature as a fighter and get over those weird moments where where I'm literally about to tweet out, wow, that was the most mature, complete performance of Alexander Hernandez's entire run. And then Jim Miller almost steals the fight from him. And I was like, delete, 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 delete. So uh, I think he will go to 45, and I'm picking Darren Elkins, and I don't feel great about it. I, I do think he grew up a lot, though. I, did I do, No, I, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, win or lose, that's 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 gonna make that's a you, you fight Jim Miller. He's gonna make you a man, uh, for you know, for lack of a better phrasing, he's gonna make you a man. And um, uh, yeah, it was re- really really great fight for both guys. You're right. I, I good for Evan Elder and uh, Sadikov. So um, I I like I, I don't know how I feel about the Darren Elkins matchup just because the whole featherweight thing is making me feel icky. But I guess if he's, he's gonna go down there, that's the way to go. I, I I didn't have like a much better option at lightweight. Obviously, I'm sticking with I'm waving I'm waving my magic wand here. And one, he's staying at 155, and I'm also magically healing Dan Hooker's broken hand 
within the next three or four months, and uh, and I'm, or 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 magically making it so Alexander Hernandez can afford to wait five six months, however long it takes for um, Hooker to get back in there. I, I think that'd be an interesting matchup. Him him and Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker possibly on his way down. Alexander Hernandez. We never know with him. He's up. He's down. He's up. He's down. But I guess currently trending upwards after that win. So I'm I'm going veteran. It, it's weird. He's in such a weird spot because like. We keep talking about like oh matching him up with veterans like Jim Miller and and, and things like that and, and he and like Alexander Hernandez is a veteran like he is a veteran he's a baby face guy he's only thirty years old he's been fighting since two thousand twelve like he's a veteran he himself is a veteran it feels like we tw- twenty fights in ten years I guess doesn't feel like a lot to people and uh, and it isn't it isn't you have guys who've been fighting for you know eight years who have fought like thirty four you know, thirty thirty five times. Um, so he's had the luxury of, of, you know, getting to have um, a logical amount of time between his matchmaking. But um, it is weird to, to, to cons- I was going to say, like, he should go on, like, a Legends Killer tour because he's not, like, a super young guy in MMA years. He's actually quite aged and still a work in progress, I feel. But also, you know, I think a lot of people think they have a good sense of his ceiling. So he's a weird guy to match up with. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I settled on Dan Hooker. Um that's just sort of how I've been with this card. I don't. I don't feel fully committed to any of these matchups outside of uh, Aaron Blanchfield, Shevchenko. Yeah, interesting Jim, spot. And Mike Jim Miller. I mean, even though he, if you're not a fight of the night bonus, he should be making like a million dollars per fight, right? Just a flat <laughs> a flat milli. Because this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Um, I think it was. I want to say it's Eric McGraken, the great Eric McGraken, who tweeted that like if someone has fought for your company like forty times. And they are somehow not set for the rest of their lives. Then something is wrong. Something is wrong with the system. Uh, system. I, I had to go back to try to find the last disclosed payday for uh, Jim Miller. So this isn't very helpful because this would have been the one that I could find. Um, UFC two thirteen, which is July twenty seventeen. That's a lifetime ago. He lost to Anthony Pettis. He made seventy one thousand show. So he would have been on seventy one thousand show. 71,000 to win again. This is a long time ago. He could be at a hundred k right now. I don't know. He could be at let's be super generous here. Let's say he's like 125 K to show. Um, and still with some sort of win bonus. I don't know if they'd go 125, 125 with him, but that's still not enough. If by some chance he's getting 125 to show 125 to win, that's still not enough. I don't care that he's not the, the a side draw. I don't care that he's not, you know, a pay-per-view headliner. This guy has put in so much work to build your brand, to build the integrity of your brand, to give your organization credibility, to just put on entertainment, even if you don't want to look past all that stuff, just to put on entertaining fights, fight of the nights, performance bonuses, stepping in on short notice. Uh, he should be making a million dollars per fight. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense financially, and I don't care. Because um, if Jim Miller can't make, again, a, a living where he never has to fight again, uh, after he cho- whenever he chooses to hang up the gloves after UFC 400, if he ever has to work again, then that's something what I'm with Eric. Something has gone wrong. Um, this guy has put in so much blood and sweat equity into your company and should be should be taken care of for the rest of his life. So uh love watching Jim Miller fight and goodness me, I hope this man is getting paid. I love it. And the UFC can afford it, so let's go. Get it done. Get your pen, get your checkbook out, Millie, per fight. For Jim Miller. These are and hard maybe, fights, Mike. That fight on Saturday, that takes that's taking time off your life, man. These are hard. He does not go in there and you get your money's worth every time with Jim Miller. That's not an easy fight at all. Nope. Absolutely isn't. So let's go to the wild card round, AK. Lots to choose from here. What did you settle on for UFC I, Vegas 69? Man, it's star-studded. We had a former... 
PFL champion. I should say former. Just, you know, you're a PFL champion for life, Mike. 2018 PFL champion. Philippe Lins looked fantastic. We had uh, Jamal Amherst upsetting the the undefeated Hussein Ashkabov, who, as far as we know, may have been beating up ca- taxi drivers over in Russia. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know. He might have just had an off night. Uh, but, and Jamal Amherst looked great. Let's, let's forget the trashing Hussein Ashkabov and, you know, coming in undefeated and whatever. Disappointing. Uh, credit Jamal Amherst looked fantastic. And I loved him, Mike. I loved him bringing up his coaches one by one and like naming them one by one, bringing them up one by one. Come on. Uh, uh, I was watching it and then the, the, the security guy was in, who was holding the door was in the background. And I was like, is he going to bring him in too? He should have been like thinking everyone like, oh, thanks for jujitsu coach, the grappling, thanks for the, the tightening up my boxing coach, tightening up my strength. Yo, security guy, like come up here. I, I couldn't, I couldn't have gotten in. I literally could not have gotten into the cage without this guy. He opened the door for me. So thank you, security guy. Like that would have been great. Like it was so, it was such a touching moment. So I was very happy for Jamal Amherst. Uh, but I settled on. Mike, uh, I don't know how what's going to look like in our rankings, but possibly top 10 phantom weight contender, Maida Bueno Silva. That's right. That's right. Buried on the prelims. We had a women's phantom, an important women's phantom weight fight between Maida Bueno Silva and Lena Landsberg. And uh, Bueno Silva taking care of business as she should, uh, sending the struggling Lena Landsberg to another loss. I want to see what's next for her. You had to translate the post fight. Uh, post her post fight speech, it was a bit all over the place. And by the way, so anyone who didn't watch, it was in English. I'm not. I, I didn't call upon Mike to translate a Portuguese speech. It was in English. It's just she kind of went on an adventure. Um, but Mike was able to translate for me that she called out Raquel Pennington at some point in there. Uh, even Paul Felder was struggling. But you could see Paul Felder was like, "Okay, I'm trying to follow this narrative." Um, and uh, bless Buenos Silva, she's just you know always enthusiastic. But uh, I, I wish she could be a little bit succinct a little bit tighter with her call-ups but i'm not giving her raquel pennington i will give her a fighter raquel just beat i kind of want to see how she'll do against ketlin vaeda so pennington sure I, I pennington i just feel like has done enough to earn another shot at amanda nunez or at least uh, uh, a number one contenders fight against a higher ranked opponent than um Maida bueno silva so silva still has a little bit of work to do I'll throw in there with Veda and uh, keep both of them sort of in the in the 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 that that Shark Tank mix of women's one thirty five. Mike, I think she's gonna end up fighting Misha Tate. Ooh, they both they, they both kind of want it, so okay. I think they'll go in that direction because Misha That's was mentioned fight. during that call out as well. She said I wanted to fight Misha, but I don't know when she's gonna be able to come back. So uh, and then yeah, it was Raquel Pennington all the way, which I respect the call out. I thought it was great. You know, Raquel Pennington's a great fighter, but why does she deserve a title shot? Tell me, Paul, why does Raquel Pennington deserve a title shot? He's like, why are you asking me? I don't even know who you're talking about right now. <laughs> so it was great. I, I enjoyed it very much. And uh, here's a plea to Ariel Hawani. Get Myra Bueno Silva on the MMA Yes. Because yes. I want to hear more of it. I want to yeah. hear more. I'm going with the flyweights. Clayton Carpenter cashes another flyweight under for the gamblers out there. And you know who else just recently cashed a flyweight under using his derriere? Clayton Rodriguez, AK. So let's do some Clayton Carpenter versus Clayton Rodriguez action because who's going to say no to that fight? That fight rules. So Beautiful. let's just go with that. That's what I landed on. And there's not a whole lot to choose from here. You're, but I like that fight. You're, you're just trying to make Jed and GC money because that is, there's no way that's going over. Nope. No chance. No chance. Ab- that's an Absolutely under. no chance. Do we have any check the tapes? Do I we have any? Think I mean, so. I'll admit, I'll admit. Let me honest. Let me be honest with America. Like <laughs> I won't lie to America. Uh, I did not vet 
the listener picks as usual. I as the show was over, I did the usual. We sort of hang around, you know, see if there's any stories to pick up on after a few hours after the show. And then as soon as I thought we were all covered for Saturday night, Sunday morning, Monday, I said, I am closing my laptop and I am not thinking about this card for another 12 hours until I have to do on to the next one. So uh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll try to read it out live if anyone called out for no points. I think mo- I think I saw some, a few people mention matchups, but I'm pretty sure they were shared. But whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll name names. I'll give people some shine today, Mike, When uh, as, as we do the picks. All right, so... The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You could do the disclosure if you want, or can we just skip the disclosure? Let's and go just right go. Into people just yeah, don't people g- don't give us doo doo, please. Don't give us doo doo like that Saturday card. Okay. So I'm only reading for the most part. This is my goal. Uh, just main card fights. I'm just going at the main card fights so we can go through this. Okay. Robbie Ryan Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos. Wow. For the next house shot, despite despite just beating a former champ, an elite flyweight. Blanchfield still doesn't look like she would give Valentina any problems, in my opinion. Whoa, whoa. I think you're dead Damn, wrong about that, that Robbie. That is dead so wrong. wrong. What more could she have done? <laughs> uh, he also wrote Anthony Hernandez versus Dakar Close, but I think I think we know what he means. I almost think we have to give it. Okay, fine. No, fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're all for two, Robbie. Jeez Louise. Uh, Praccio versus Carlos Ulberg. There you go. I feel nothing. I you know. Dad Jackson. Thank, thank Alex, you, Robbie. Al- Alex Hernandez versus Sean Woodson. If he goes to 145, he stays at 155. Give him Mark Casey. Prachio versus Paul Craig. Jamal Pogues versus Mo, Mo Usman. There you go. Zach Pauga versus Kennedy Enzachukwu. Okay. John Ray. Bueno Silva versus Macy Chieson. Hernandez versus Malarkey. Andrade versus Nami Yunus 3. Blanchfield versus the Chevy truck if she wins. Uh, what Knight versus Hardy in power slap. Okay. Gross. Uh, Andras now is uh, Eunice 3. Um, I'm thinking now. I still want that fight, by the way. Sure. But, but we still think, especially after last night, Rose can just walk into a third fight with Zhang Weili, right? It's very possible. It's, so there's no no Andra- reason she would want to fight Andrade again. Yeah, but I mean, again, if she wants to, if she wants to take one more, if the that's that if that's what the UFC wants to do, I mean, she, again, if she wants to try 125, 
then she could fight Andrade. And I know Andrade like, why well, don't I go to 115? But that fight would actually make sense. Yeah. Even at 125. It's just neither of them have to cut weight. It's like, oh, we're essentially just, we're fighting again. It's essentially the continuation of our straw weight rivalry. Just guess what? We don't have to cut weight. Let's just have some fun and go right. in there and, and fight each other again. Um, but Andrade is completely out of the, she's not completely out of the title picture, but she is not in the conversation right now for the straw weight title. Right this second. Not at the second, no. Uh, but Rose but, definitely is. But and Zhang, Amanda Lemos, it's between those two. Okay. I just want to see Zhang fight again. But it's weird. Now they've kind of muddied up the the, the, the rankings, the top of the rankings right now. Anyway. Harry Dawaskin. Hernandez versus Euros Medic. Jim Miller versus Trey Ogden. Let Jim go back on his fringe UFC legend tour. <laughs> uh, Praccio versus Modestus Bukowskis, okay? There Harry's we go. Harry's with you. Pogues versus Usman, Pauga versus Daun Jung. Gerard Andrade to one fifteen to fight Yan Zhaonan. Okay, I like that one. Pauga versus to one fifteen to fight Yan Zhaonan. Yeah, that's a great fight. That is a good fight. That's a great. That's the first. With respect to everyone who's all the picks that have been read out so far, that's the first f- fight that made me feel anything inside after last night. Okay. <laughs> uh, Zach Pauga versus Tyson Pedro. I like that one. Yeah. Braccio versus Carlos Olberg. I don't love that one. Ulberg's just, I feel like he's just so far ahead in, in that conversation. Like, light heavyweight's a pretty awful division, but I feel like Ulberg is is much further ahead. Hernandez versus Michael Johnson, AK at 155. That's never been booked. That feels so familiar. I guess they've just been around for, they've both been around for a while. Yeah, of course. It's a great matchup. And Gerard's final pick, Jim Miller moving to 170 to fight Tony Ferguson. I feel like it'll happen someday. I don't know if it's next for both guys. It does feel logical, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I would. I mean, they want 300. That could be 300. 300. That Keep could be Tony 300. around. Keep Tony around for 300. Come on. Marcus, close this out. Blanchfield versus the Shevchenko Grasso winner. Hernandez versus Mike Davis. I think Hernandez is, is, is I like Mike Davis a lot. Hernandez, Davis got to get another win or two before he gets that fight. Tadakov versus Joaquim Silva. Clayton Carpenter versus Hyun Sung park and there you go that's literally what i got so Jen sung park just won the road to the ufc that that's that guy yes okay that's a fun fight all right uh, to you my best friend yeah while we're while speaking of clayton carpenter i don't know if you mentioned this because i saw a few people send me this one clayton carpenter and jimmy flick hmm people just want to see the grappling they want to see some, some crazy flyweight grappling that's why that'd be fun yeah i'm into that uh brayden o'neill let's see if there's anything interesting here sadika versus Borschev is still at the UFC? I think I so. I feel, I feel I'm getting him mixed up with someone. What else we got here? I, I'm dipping into the prelims. I think a lot of the main card picks you might have already read, Mike. Emmers versus Akeem Dawadu. Well, that's a big step up. Okay, I'm into that. Lenz yeah, versus that's, Nico Nagomarianu. Okay, thank you, Brayden. Marcus McGahey, uh both him and Chris Martin calling this obviously the cold-blooded edition of On to the Next One uh, in tribute to the, the fantastic performance by Aaron Blanchfield in the main event. Uh, Marcus is also saying he wants to see Andrade versus Rose 3, so um, totally into that. Did you read Marcus already? Did he send it to you too, Mike? Some of these are, are, are so familiar. He also Marcus. has Hernandez close. No, uh, Marcus McGahey. Oh, okay. No, this is a different, Marcus. Right, right. Our people are just on the same page. Pracknell, Alberg, Hernandez, Close. Yeah, okay. He's just on the same page. This is good stuff. Thomas Collins, Aaron Blanchfield versus winner of Valentino Shevchenko Grasso. The way Aaron won against Andrade eclipses Menel Firo's win against Caitlin Chukagian. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Timeline for Aaron is great. So book her in the title fight. Yeah, he really makes a lot of sense. 
Her, uh, Alexander Hernandez versus Nasrat Hockprast once he returns from injury. Uh, Jamal Pogues versus Dontel Mays, win, loser, draw against Augusto Sakai. And if Sakai wins, he probably is on for bigger things. Is that fight booked? Yeah, next week. <laughs> oh, how embarrassing for me. That's, a, that's the featured bout of next week's card. That's swear, happening after Tatiana Suarez fights. Stop yes. it. True I story. I swear I made this exact same mistake last week on last week's episode. Alex McAdam, Ovin St. Pru versus Alexander Gustafsson both retire afterwards. Wait, did that fight not happen? I know it was booked like twice. It didn't happen? It didn't actually happen? The OSP Gus fight? No, it didn't Gus, happen. It didn't nope. happen? Nope. <laughs> so weird it saved the Linz fight i thought the Linz fight had already happened before okay so no that just... was supposed to happen after right? the last gustafson booking <laughs> okay so we're just trying to close these osp loops okay and then alex McCann says both guys retire afterwards uh i don't think osp is retiring yet maybe he should but jim miller mike at 170 versus robbie lawler i'm in i like that one. Oh my gosh okay why not martin, martin pracknell versus eeyore poteria that was also one of my uh my picks Mike, how do you feel with this? Jamal Pogues versus Paca Porter. Uh, Paca Porter minus 16,000. Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's fine. Uh, Zach P- uh, Panga versus Dominic Reyes. That's interesting. Uh, I really... No. Come no? on. No. I, I want to know how much Dominic Reyes has left. And if he cannot beat Zach Panga, you're, you, it's, it's time to change promotions or walk away. I'd rather see William Knight fight Dominic Reyes right now. <laughs> one more chance. Oh, one I, more chance. I, I mean, it's just it's just not there. Now, if he'd gone out and blown the doors off, then maybe that's a different conversation. But it just it was a fine win, but it's not one that's like, oh, we have to chuck him in there with somebody with any kind of name value. Just no, 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 no. not into it. Barry O'Reilly saying, so this is the first of two. That was a card. The, the first of this two card stretch of that was a cards. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll talk about UFC. We'll close out the show. Talk about UFC Vegas 70. Um, where are we here? Uh, Alexander Hernandez, Michael Johnson again. So I like this. We know Hernandez doesn't necessarily respect the vets after the cowboy pre-fight talk. I wouldn't go that far. Let's continue matching him up with well-tested and respective names, but by no means easy fights. Pogues versus uh, Waldo Cortez Acosta. He's with me with Ponga and Chukwe. And, of course, Blanchfield versus the uh, upcoming flyweight title fight winner. Waldo uh, booked? No, he was. Well, he was. And didn't his opponent fall through? Or he did, got a new opponent already? Um, Let me look it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so confused because I do. I did. I literally just wrote about this recently. Yeah, and he's I booked against Marcus Ruggieri de Lima, April 29th. Yes, I, I just wrote that up. I don't know why I didn't remember that. But either way, I almost don't blame. Uh, I'm not going to give dude, uh, Barry a dude because that literally just kind of got happened. He lost yeah. the opponent, got a new one. Uh, Four Corner Sports, Mario Bueno Silva, Julia Avila. Uh, I think Julia Avila called for the fight on social media, right? She's just saying when, I, when I'm ready to come back, she wants that. So maybe that's... That's yeah. where that's coming from. I don't know when she's coming back. I have to check in with her. Punga versus Tanner Bozer at heavyweight. Um, that could be a really ugly fight. Bozer's got something. Yeah, he said on in the media. works. I think, that's but it, that actually reminded me to send a text message right <laughs> Jordan now. Jordan Wright versus Sam Alvey. Come on, man. Sam Alvey's not in the UFC anymore. Finally, though, I assume that's a joke, so I'm not going to uh, not going to do do that one. This is kind of random. Alexander Hernandez versus winner of Omar Morales versus Chris Duncan. Interesting. Okay. Sure. I, I'm not familiar with 
Chris Duncan, uh, my contender series guy. What's what? What is that? Chris Duncan is um, Cage Warriors guy, isn't he? I I honestly could not tell you. I'm going to do a quick topology check right now. You are correct. This no, uh, he was he was Bellator, Bellator, and Contender Series. Wow. He did two. Oh yeah, two, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. He was I, on the I'm, Contender Series. He, he was on the twice. Contender Series. Got a quick knockout. Yeah, two time Contender Series guy. Anyway, so he's fighting on the upcoming uh, London pay per view uh, against Omar Morales. So that's a pretty cool pick. All right, you know what? Four Corner Sports. That's a pretty cool pick. Like it. Hayes the third. What do we got here? Uh, Blanchfield. Wow, that's an impressive showing. Got to be a title fight at this point. I think she matches up really well with Valentina. I could for sure see her winning that fight. This this is this groundswell is building. This is what you want in a in a number one contender is people just have capturing their imagination and 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 you know thinking it could be possible. Hernandez versus Brown Algio winner. Yeah, he said I'll go with the one forty five fight since he said he plans to stay there. Uh, Brown Algio winner. So there you go, Mike. Uh, you might you might, you're probably right. This young man is going to continue. Um, you know, uh, defying the haters and uh, trying his hand at feather. Hey, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the one who's wrong. Uh, Chris Martin, Blanchfield versus Shevchenko. So not even giving uh, Grasso a chance. Punga versus Poteria. is in the mix somewhere. He needs to pay for uh, for what happened with uh, Shogun. Jamal Pogues versus Juan Espino if he's not retired. I don't think he's retired. He's just taking his sweet time coming back, you know. That's what he does. It's what he, he gets, does. He gets active, then he sits out for five years. Uh, Alexander Hernandez versus oh, I like this Rafael Alves. Rafael Alves win, loser, draw versus uh, Aliyev coming up. So I would love to see Alexander Hernandez and uh, Rafael Alves fight. That's that's really good. Interesting. And last one on Twitter. Uh, I believe this is a first timer. Doctor Dars MMA. Welcome to the party, pal. I'll read all these. Jamal Pogues, Mo Usman. There you go. Prekniya, Medesis Bukaskas. Oh, we are like we're vibing with the with the listeners today. Nazim Sadakov. No. Nazim Sadakov versus Alexander <laughs> Hernandez. Too soon. Too soon. You said the vibing thing way too no, soon. I screwed up. No, we're back. Bueno Silva, Kellen Bayer, and another Clayton Carpenter, Jimmy Flick pick. Uh going quickly to the emails. Our boy Tristan Gardet uh Gordet. What do we got here? Alexander Hernandez versus Charles Jordan, because Hernandez said he's going back to Featherweight. Uh, bueno Silva versus Chelsea Chandler. Sure. Uh, that's it. That's most of uh, Clayton Carpenter versus JP Bays. JP Bays is still signed, right? Which one? JP Bays. Mm, I don't think so. I think he hasn't fought in a while. I just know it's because he anyway. Jay Donaghy. I thought about this one too. Alexander Hernandez, uh, Vince Pichel. Again, still, you know, keep him fighting some older guys. Pogues and Pacapora. Paca he specifically spelled it Pacapora. And another Ponga Dominic Reyes uh, suggestion. So I don't know, man. People are talking about it. Wildcard, Jim Miller, uh, Michael Johnson. It's possible they fought before, but I don't think so. I don't think they fought, have they, Mike? No, I don't think so. We need to touch it. Like I like him and Ferguson, him and Michael Johnson. We need to cover all these bases. He needs to. Jim Miller really needs to fight everyone. If you have been a relevant name in the lightweight division over the last ten years, you should fight Jim Miller at some point. So we still got plenty of time with Jim. And quickly going to Instagram, Southpaw picks some super deep cuts. Uh, AJ Fletcher, Miguel Baeza, Clayton Carpenter, Jimmy Flick again, Philip Lenz, Philippe Lenz, Yuan Kuchalaba. Brody Bolger. What's up, Brody? Uh, it's a big cluster of text here. I just want to see if there's anything original. Zach Ponga, Nico Negomarianu. 
another wow if i had to tabulate it i would have led with jamal pogues parker porter mike because people want to see this ufc are you listening pogues <laughs> porter hashtag pogues porter this is the fight to make you got to give the people what they want and a lot of people are calling for this another jim miller versus tony ferguson um yeah a lot of people are matching up with some of our picks but i think we're all we're all vibing here and let's end with matt bradbury uh matt bradbury what do you got for us my friend Blanfield Shevchenko Grasso winner, Andrade versus Carla Esparza. I think that's going to happen someday. I think a lot of people just don't want to see it because we all seem to agree that Jessica Andrade would smash Carla Esparza. Mike, is that fair? I kind of feel like that might be the fight. <laughs> it might be. It could be what comes next. It is, and, and listen, we, we, we rag on, on Carla. Or, or it could be Amanda Lamosh. Like if Lamosh doesn't get the title fight, she gets the Esparza fight. That's the backup. Oh, there. right, right. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, listen, Carla, if you're out there, prove us wrong. Because, again, we're, we keep counting you out against people. And, uh, listen, you're, you're you're a two-time UFC champion. No one can take that away from you. So, um, Jamal Pogues, Juan Espino again. What else we got? Alexander Hernandez versus Benoit Saint-Denis. Saint-Denis just lost a fight or withdrew from a fight? Anyway, he's out he's there. He's supposed to fight Joe Selecki, I think. Yes. And uh, Selecki. I think on this card. Like, I on think this on this yeah. card. Selecki and now Selecki's like, fighting next week against Carl Deaton III. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Selecki who was in. Yeah. Because Selecki, actually, if you checked earlier this week on, like, ESPN, they had, like, Joe Selecki versus TBD still on, like, the on the on the menu. So it wasn't until, like, later in the week, uh, this week, that they were like, oh, yeah, he's just getting moved. Jamal Emmers, Charles Jordan, AJ Fletcher, Munir Lazez. Listen, I want to end on a bang here, Mike, but if any, I, I think that's a pretty fitting uh, uh, end to the listener picks, given the event that we just watched. Yeah, we want to end on a bang, but we end in a whisper. That's just, <laughs> that, that's just where we're at right Thank now. You but, everyone, thank you, everyone yeah. who sent in picks. Thank you, everyone, who, as always. Yes, I am stunned we got so many picks. So kudos to the, to the best listeners in the world. They're hardcore, man. And we get to do this again next week. I totally forgot with everything going on. We have Bellator next week in Dublin, which is a great card. Very excited for that. UFC Vegas 70, which is in a, it's a card. There's some good things on there, obviously, and we'll talk about it. Jake Paul, Tommy Fury's next weekend, too. Totally forgot about that. Totally is forgot it, that. Is, is it, though, week. Mike? But is it, though? I'm going to be... Oh, you're right. <laughs> Jake Paul's going to box somebody next Sunday. Yeah, could be, it could be Mike Perry. could be Mike Perry. Know. Could be Mike Perry, but we won't be talking about that. We'll be talking about... Oh, we'll, be, talk, we'll be talking about it. <laughs> well, not on this show. We'll be talking okay. about it. <laughs> the I'm not, UFC. I, I'm not making that guarantee. <laughs> I'm making that guarantee. Well, pretty close to it. A Garen. The T is just kind of left off to the side, and hopefully we get to squeeze that right back in the rest of the word. But UFC, UFC Vegas 70, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. The main event. This is literally... <laughs> This is barely a main event. We talk about criticizing supposed co-main events. This is barely a main event. Listen, at least Blanchfield and Santos or Blanchfield and Andrade, uh, one half of the either of those matchups was, because Santos was number three going in before she had to bow out. Jessica Andrade was number two. So you had a top five flyweight in the main event. And, and again, potentially a title shot on the line. This fight, the guys are ranked. Okay, uh, uh, on our the MMA fighting global rankings, Ryan Spann, number 13, Nikita Krylov, 10. So he's tossed up. Okay, listen, this is a matchup. But this is a co-main. This is a, this is a great co-main. If this is the co-main, I wouldn't be saying nothing. This is 
barely a main event fight. But both guys have a have a tendency to uh to throw out uh some pretty uh, exciting finishes. So all right, I will I will back off right. Now. I just want people to know. I don't know if we'll discuss this more during the week, I'm sure, but the, calling this a main event is is dubious. Right. I agree with you this should not be the main event, especially when there's a title on the line in the co-main event. The middleweightiest middleweight title Ooh. is on the line. Brendan Allen makes his first title defense against Andre Muniz. That should be the main event. That should be the wow. main event. So that's happening. We have the aforementioned Augusto Sakai versus Dontel Mays fight in the featured spot. Tatiana Suarez is back against Montana De La Rosa. Mike Malott versus Johan Leonis. Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak, which is a main card fight, AK, apparently as of right now. I, I need to see. The, uh, say that again. That, who's what, what? Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak. Okay, Trevor Peak is a, making his debut, right? Yes. Uh, but uh, oh, sorry. We kind of. Glo- I, I don't like this Mike Malott. Why are they doing the Canadian Canadian on crime? Canadian on Canadian crime. Why, Mike? We we have so few in the UFC. Why are we doing this? I I yeah. I don't know. That's upsetting. But that's that's what it says on. Well, maybe it's not. It looks like the entire card hasn't been finalized yet. No, no. I do see a lineup on ESPN. I, I assume it's not uh, necessarily finalized. But I mean, cl- I think this is close enough. They I, they might change switch around like one or two fights, but. Yeah, I think the Malat Lionese fight in up is going to be on the main card, and then sure. the rest we kind of just sort of go from there and try so to cards subject it out. to change. Cards subject to change, <laughs> as we know in the world of combat sports. Of course, thirteen fights. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Jasmine Jazdavizius, who's been very a very fun follow on social media recently. She's been a lot of fun. Her personality is really starting to come out. She's More Canadian Gabriela content. Fernandez, yes. More Canadian content. I love it. Jordan Levitt is back, hey. taking on Victor Martinez. Ode Osborne versus Charles Johnson. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Narulo Alia versus Javier Alves. Yep. Haley Cowan versus Aylin Perez. Jose Johnson, Garrett Armfield. And Joe Selecki versus Carl Deaton III. That is your UFC Vegas 70 card. And all things considered, storylines, fights that I'm intrigued in, this card is... Not great, but it's five times better than yesterday's card. This is a better card. It, do, it does, like I say, I criticize the, the headliner, but this is just sort of, again, this is the consequences of having 40, 45 cards a year. You're going to have headlining buzz. But at least, like I said, at least they're both ranked. They're in the UFC's rankings. They're in our rankings. And then you've got Moniz, who's ranked. Um, Tatiana Suarez is not ranked, but would be, obviously, if she hadn't, you know, before she left, was top five in her division. This is, yeah, and listen, I got a lot of Canadian content, so I'm happy. You got some under-the-radar barn burners in the prelims. This is definitely better than the on paper than uh, UFC Vegas 69. Definitely. Oh, my God. It's not even close. Just wow. ta- Tatiana Suarez has come back alone. Is, Exciting. Is just as intriguing as Blanchfield versus Jessica Andrade, and that's no disrespect to those fighters. That's just all about Tatiana Suarez. I think she's... If there's five biggest questions uh, for 2023 in MMA, Tatiana Suarez is one of those five questions, 100. Mm-hmm. percent So excited to see where she's back. And then after that, we are on to UFC 285 in the return of Johnny Bones Jones fighting Cyril God. Are and we? That card is really good. Are we though, Mike? And, and, and I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> are we though? You're telling me Jake Paul and Tommy Fury and John Jones has come back are both going to go off without a hitch in the next two weeks? Is this what you're telling me? 
hey, listen, Conor McGregor's in Vegas doing the Ultimate Fighter oh, right man. now, and, I'm, and that that is I'm stunned by as well. We, I was waiting we, for the floor to fall out of that, but we are playing with Dude. so much fire right now. Like the, the next three or four months, we are playing with so much chaos magic. I'm I'm a little worried about what this is going to do to the fabric of reality. I mean, like to me, and I agree with you. If if I wish I could just write up right now that Jake Paul fight's not happening, then we could like. <laughs> Then we're good. We'll let the other things happen. But if it's it's clear, if one of these things has to go within, I mean, within four seconds, it's Jake. Oh, Jake easily. Paul. Yeah. Goodbye. That whole car could just go away. I don't. I might never see that fight. Him and Tommy Ferry. I'll be okay. I'll be. I mean, like, like there's been so much talked about it, and we've written about it so much that like that part of me is like, well, now I, I at least want to see it happen. So this wasn't all for nothing. But honestly, in the grand scheme of things, if that fight never happens, I'll be fine. I'll be fine if Jake Paul never. <laughs> I, really, I'll be okay. I'll be I'll, I'll be disappointed for a, an hour, and I'm like, okay, good. Jake Paul, move on to some other freak show fight. Tommy Fury, go back to doing whatever the hell it is you do, and let's just stop trying to make this matchup happen. If if it falls through again, I'll be fine. If John, Jones not coming back, I mean, listen, people know how I feel about John Jones personally, but as far as wanting to see his fighting career resume, of course, like I think it's 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 one of the most you know important storylines, not just of this year, but in in all of MMA, this guy has a lot of his his in-cage story left to write. So I would be really, really obviously disappointed if we didn't get to see him fight Asilo Ghan and, and somewhere down the road, uh, Francis Ngannou, which I still think is possible. But uh, yeah, it's not even close. Forget the Jake Paul, Tommy Fury fight. I mean, let's, 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 get jo- let's get Jones back in there for God's sakes. I am so much more interested in Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania than I am <laughs> oh, Jake yeah. Paul versus Tommy oh, Fury. Oh, you put that over there as well, for sure. J- Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Again, if it wasn't for all the time we've dedicated to it, I have like no personal investment in it. I don't really care who is better. I don't care about this feud being settled. It's just we have put so much time into it that like let's at least get something. Yes. Well, we will see what happens. And we appreciate all of you for listening to this episode of On to Next One. Back after UFC Vegas 70 next week. Always remember, no matter how hard it is, no matter how bad a card can be, always remember... Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we will have more fun right here. And on to the next one, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.